0: this weekend in the message I'm continuing what I introduced to us at the beginning of this month a series entitled now I have invited every one of us to consider God wants to do something in your life now and many of us are saying well in the future when I get this paid off or I graduate I get my degree we, we push everything to the future can I suggest God has a now moment for you. And some of us, we're not, well, we're not sure that God can work in our lives. For a moment, I want you to consider. Uh, I don't know if you've ever done study on this. They, they, they tell us that the brand of cereal you eat tells something about who you are. There's actually a study. There's actually a study that the brand of cereal you choose reveals your personality type. Hmm, isn't that interesting? For for example, uh, they say the Dallas Cowboys will not eat cereal for breakfast. They always choke when they get close to a bowl. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I just, okay. Okay, stay with me. Come on, stay with me. (laughs) Come on, come on, stay with me. Okay, tone down, tone down, okay. But truly, they tell us that the brand of cereal that you would normally choose tells something about you. For example, they tell us if, if it's Cheerios, you know, there's not really a lot of flavor in Cheerios. They say the person that's a traditional and hardworking person tends to choose Cheerios. Are you a Cheerios person? Uh, Fruit Loops! <laughs> This is the person, they say, that gets ins- immense joy out of every experience of life. I mean, if they're going to eat breakfast, they're going to have fun. And look at all the, every little, every little Cheerios, uh, excuse me, every little Fruit Loop is a different color. It's just, you're going to enjoy it. That type of person. Uh, a Captain Crunch person. A Captain Crunch person, they say, typically growing up a little weird, but in adulthood, <laughs> tends to be cool. And rather successful. Huh. Hmm. Raisin brand. Raisin brand. They say that the raisin brand people, raisin brand people, are typically the people that like to over explain everything. <laughs> huh. In fact, it's even marketed with two scoops of raisins. Are you that person that you have to define everything? Are you that raisin brand? person? Maybe an are, you know. And then there is grape nuts. If you're a grape nut person, you need counseling. <laughs> Who likes grape nuts? I'm t- it's horrible. It's horrible. I mean, it's, it's tree bark. You can put milk on it the night before and it'll still be crunchy the next morning. It has no taste. It has no taste. I'm telling you. In fact, even the box, it it shows you have to put something on it to even have flavor, to endure it, to get through it. Grape nuts. Jesus said, man cannot live by grapefruits, grape nuts alone, okay? Ah, grape nuts. Many of us, we're living a grape nuts life. I'm saying, you say your life is dull and tasteless. You feel like you're missing something. You feel like you're just going through the routine. You're paying your bills. You're just you're doing it. But you feel like there's something missing. And in order for life to be good, there's something else in the future you need to have, do, become, buy, secure. And you can't see your life in the now moment for how God sees it and how God desires it. And I want to suggest to us that many of us are in a great nuts moment in our life, and God is saying He has something for us now. People that have great nuts theology, it's this it's guilt and it's perfectionism. You're not good enough, you'll never, you, you've got to get better at everything. Everything is in the future, and it's not in the now. Can I say, God? Wants to do something in your life now. God wants to do something in your heart now. And I believe Isaiah chapter 60 is going to help us with this. So I want you to go with me, Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1 and 2. And listen as as the scripture says, Arise, shine, for your light has come. This is God's wake up call. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. You need to get that in your spirit. Get out of the great nuts lie. The glory of the Lord is going to rise upon you. Does that mean everything in my life needs to be good? Does it mean I have to have my bills paid, I have everything in my career lie. I have to have all of my school loans paid off? No. Look at verse number 2. See, darkness covers the earth. Even thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises Upon you, and his glory appears over you. Life does not have to be perfect, circumstances do not have to be perfect. But God says, In your life, arise, shine. Many of us we're, we're, were in the shadows, many of us were in the dark, and God is saying, In your life now, not in the sweet by and by, but in the old nasty now and now, God wants to do something in your life now. God has something for you. God wants to work in your heart now. And here's what God is saying. If you'll get up, God says, I'll show up. If you'll arise, get up. God says, guess what, I'll show up. Arise, shine, and the glory of the Lord will come upon you. And I've discovered there there are three common reasons why people don't get up, that people don't do what they should, or they stop doing what they should. Some of us, we started doing the right thing, but we stopped. And some of us, we need to do the right thing, but we don't. And there are typically three reasons we either stop or don't do what we should. And I'm gonna give them to you in the form of an acrostic real quickly L I D, lid. It's the lid in your life, it's the lid in your faith, it's the lid in your expectations. L I D, L, loss of motivation. I, inconsistency, D, discouragement. The three reasons we either don't or we stop, we get discouraged, or we do something but we're inconsistent, we don't follow through with it, or we just lose our motivation. You know, we want to do it and just, you know what, I just, I don't have it in me anymore. I want to suggest to us that God is calling every one of us into a now moment. And God is saying your now moment can start. And the glory of the Lord will come upon you. And you can move out of darkness. I can move out of darkness. And there are three things God says that will do it, that will offset, take the lid off of your life. And it's found in verse 13 of Isaiah chapter 30. Excuse me, chapter 60. So join me. Same chapter, same chapter. Go down just a few verses. Verse number 13. Here's what God says. The glory of Lebanon will come upon you, the juniper, the fir, and the cypress together. He mentions three trees together. To adorn my sanctuary, and I will glorify the place for my feet. God says, I can step into your life. I will glorify the place for my feet. I will step in your life in a a powerful way, but it requires, he said, the juniper, the fir, and the cypress together. What does that mean? I want to suggest to you in the mention of three trees, God is showing us how to take the lid off of our life. You see, in the Old Testament, God in the Old Testament, he would speak to the Hebrew people, and this is very much Eastern culture. He speaks to them in word pictures, in idioms. God uses word pictures in the Old Testament. He uses propositions in the New Testament. Western culture, we understand by proposition. But the Jewish people understand by word pictures. For example, in the Bible, in the Old Testament, it says, the Lord is my shepherd. In the New Testament, it says, God is love. It says the same thing. One is in a word picture, and the other is in a proposition. And the Old Testament, his rod and his staff, they comfort me. John chapter 1, here it is in proposition. He's full of grace and truth. It says the same thing. God in the New Testament speaks in Proposition. But in the Old Testament, God speaks in word picture. He speaks in idiom form. And he says to the people, he says to the Jewish people, he says to God's people, my glory is going to come upon you. I'm going to dispel the darkness and you will arise and shine. And this is how you do it. And he gives us three trees. And I want to suggest to you that the Jewish people understood the implication of each tree. It says something to us. Allow me to share it with you. The first tree is the juniper tree. The juniper tree represents encouragement. For you see, encouragement recharges the heart. Encouragement, it recharges the heart. And he said the juniper, the juniper. What is the juniper? The juniper is also known as the broom tree. For those of you that have been with us to the Holy Land... In one of our, our trips, you have seen juniper trees. In fact, you probably have stepped under the canopy of a juniper tree. What is a juniper tree? A juniper tree in the Holy Land, and the eastern where is, is is called a broom tree. It has a beautiful canopy, very thick foliage on the tree. And the, the foliage and the branches will arch downward, and they will just kind of touch and sweep the ground. Hence, it's also called the broom tree. Why? Because in the desert when there is a scorching heat and trying to get out of the blazing sun in the desert there in the Middle East, you would look for a shelter, a place of refuge to get out of the heat and the toil of the uh, the summer uh, heat. They would look for the juniper tree and you step under the juniper tree and it's like a canopy, like an umbrella that breaks the scorching heat. You're traveling across the desert and all of a sudden the winds pick up and the, the sand is driven and the sandstorm comes. You get sand in your eyes. It's an irritant. Nobody wants to have sand in their eyes. You would look for the juniper tree. Because its limbs uh, would go all the way down, as it were, sweeping the ground. And if you could get under the juniper tree, it would break the sand from the driving wind from getting in your eyes. It would be a source of protection. You remember in the Old Testament? It was Elijah the prophet. The Bible says he was discouraged and God sent him ravens to feed him and to encourage him. And the Bible says he was sitting under a juniper tree. I want to suggest to us that the the ancients understood the juniper tree represented encouragement. And encouragement recharges the heart. In order to rise and shine... God is saying we need encouragement. Do you know that life will give you a barrel full of awful? That's right. There's gonna be something this week, this month, this quarter, this year. Something's gonna come. And you're gonna say, This is horrible. That's the worst news I've ever heard. I'm going through something. I feel horrible about myself. I I just don't feel good. I feel drained. I feel discouraged. And God is going to say you need encouragement in your life. Something drains you. Something takes away. Something is extracting out of your life. You ever feel deflated? Yes. Have you ever noticed that, that there are a lot of discouragers around you? People that will tell you why you shouldn't be happy. In fact, you go in the workplace and you're happy to say, what's wrong with him? What's wrong with that? What's wrong with her? It's always somebody to pull you down. Have you ever noticed if you complain about something, somebody will say, well, you know what else also I don't like? And they chime in. Complaint gripes go around the workplace, don't they? Yeah. Social media, yeah. You complain about something and people will like your complaining. You you credit, you say something good about it, and something will somebody will rage against you and insult you for complimenting something. Yes, it's on social media. That's the way it functions. Can I say it's easy to complain? I've got a commandment for you. Thou shalt not whine. Don't whine. And some of us were winos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and some of you have a wine cellar full of complaints. You just store up complaints. The former pastor, the other church, the, the brother-in-law, the boss, the coworker. you store up complaints. You store up all of these things. You complain about and you take them out and you air them out and talk about them all the time. Here's what I'm going to invite you to do. Put all of that aside. Arise and shine. Let the glory of the Lord come upon you. Begin to celebrate the good things. God has something he wants to do in your life. Men, the greatest need men have is encouragement. Men work hard 50, 60 hours a week providing for their family. Men will sacrifice to provide and do for their family. And men need encouragement. If there's anything that just cuts to the male ego is when a man feels like he's a failure. When he feels like he's done his best and it's not good enough. That just, that paralyzes, that polarizes a man. And some of us men, that's where we're at. We, we need encouragement. And can I just speak to our wives for a moment? Wives? Yes, you, you, you need, you have a right to say, uh, honey, you need to do better. You have a right to say you need to improve. You have a right to point out our flaws. We we invite you to do that, but we need encouragement from you. We need, and ladies, you, men, men are destroyed by complaining because when complaint comes, we think we're a failure. Amen. Don't nag. Yeah. You know what nagging is? Being slowly pecked to death by a duck. Yeah. (laughs) It destroys a man. Men, you need to be encouraged. Men, that's why we want you in a men's group. That's why we want men to become 24, 15 men. Encourage men to help men. Build them up. Because, guys, if you're not encouraged, you shut down and you under- underperform in so many areas that the family needs you and God wants to use you. Encouragement. It recharges the heart. Number two, the second tree he mentioned is the cypress tree. The cypress tree. And it speaks of consistency. It help takes the eye out of lid out. Inconsistency. Consistency. Consistency invites Blessing consistency invites blessing what am i talking about the ancients knew something significant about the cypress tree the cypress is an evergreen yes there is there is spring there is summer there is autumn and there is fall but in every season the cypress tree has greenery on it it's foliage is green it doesn't change And it speaks of consistency. Do you know where we often fail? We do the right thing. We just don't keep doing the right thing. We do it once, but we don't do it over and over again. Discipleship, spiritual growth, is incorporating in our life disciplines. Consistency over and over again. It's not doing the right thing one time. It's doing the right thing consistently every time discipleship is bringing us to a point where we're consistent in our walk of faith and unfortunately today if you preach and teach discipleship somebody's going to say you're legalistic you're putting rules on me because we have gotten to a place in the american church where where we have peter pan christianity and believers are living in a never-never land that leads to nowhere. There's no discipline, consistency, and therefore there is a lack of blessing and brokenness in people's lives. And God calls us to consistency. It's called faithfulness in the Bible. Faithfulness. And here it is. I want to invite you. Turn your never into a yes and turn your later into a now God wants to call you out of the great nuts life God wants to call you to have a life where you're shining where you're succeeding move from the conditional to the consistent not if if I'll go to church if I feel like it if it's not too cold or not too hot or I'm not too busy you know what I'll do the right thing if 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 I'll go to school and I'll finish my degree if i get a scholarship and if i get time off and if it's not too intrusive and if the classes are on the schedule that i want and if it doesn't if and if we put everything in the if category the conditional and i want to invite you to step into the consistency because consistency invites blessing the cypress it's an evergreen be the evergreen. The third tree is the fir tree. The fir tree. And it, it's the first one in our, in our acronym. We move from inconsistency to consistency, that's the I. The D in lid, from discouragement to encouragement. And the L in the lid is lack of motivation. And the contrast to that is worship, praise. Praise is God's prescription for a draining environment. Praise is God's prescription for a draining environment. He said, and, and the fir tree as well. What is interesting about the fir trees and the ancients knew it? You see, the fir tree is what they used to make musical instruments. Yes, when the psalmist talks about the ten-stringed instruments, those instruments were crafted out of wood. Which wood would they use? Which, was the, which one was the wood that, that they would craft and it had the ability to create and, and magnify and amplify the beautiful melodic sounds of music? It was the fir tree. The fir tree they made musical instruments out of. And the ancients associated music with worship they understood and when god says and bring the fir they understood to bring the fir tree in other words i i i'm not going to be discouraged i need a i need a cypress tree in my life i i i i i need a I, I need the juniper tree in my life but i also need the fir tree. I need to give praise and song unto the Lord. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 5 and 19, sing and make melody in your heart unto the Lord. God wants you and I to be people of worship because praise, praise is God's prescription for a draining environment. Yes, life is going to drain you. Circumstances are going to drain you but you come in and you worship the Lord. You worship God, you bring song, you bring celebration, you magnify what the Lord is doing in your life. And interesting enough about the fir tree, and I think it's important, the fir tree was not native to the Holy Land. It was not native to the Holy Did you notice in the text it says, and from Lebanon, you're to bring the fir tree. Why? There were no fir trees. And Israel. You had to import it. What is God saying? There's going to be a time you're going to have to import your praise. You're going to come to church and you're not going to feel like praising. The songs are going to be up there and you're going to say, I don't, I don't even want to be here today. I don't even feel like it today. Song one goes by and you're a million miles away. Chorus number two goes by and you're thinking about where you're going to go eat and you're checking your Facebook. But somewhere about chorus number three, something awakens. Your heart is touched. And you don't feel like it. You didn't want to. But all of a sudden, you begin to say, oh, God, I need you today. Now you're importing praise. Oh, God, I need something from you today. God, I need you to lift this. I need you, God, to change my perspective. God, I need hope in the moment. And then all of a sudden, guys, you'll begin to worship. All of a sudden, you'll begin to praise God. You're importing praise. The fir tree is not native. Sometimes you need to just say, I'm going to bring it in. I'm going to import it. I'm going to worship God anyway. Be a worshiper. It's God's prescription. I'm going to invite the worship team to join me on the platform and we're going to end this service in worship. We're going to import worship. Yes. We're going to bring it into our heart. We're going to say, God, we're going to start this year. We're going to be worshipers. It's God's prescription. Has the doctor ever given you a prescription? A prescription is given when there's a deficiency or a defect. Yes, the doctor will look and say, well, you're, you've got a defect and we need to give you this prescription. Or there's a deficiency. Your system is not producing or your immune system is down or whatever the case may be. And they will give you a prescription. For every defect and deficiency, God has a prescription. And God's prescription for a draining environment is praise. Praise. Have you ever listened to one of those prescription commercials on TV? for just 60 seconds they'll come out. Somebody said, I used to feel down. I used to feel without energy. I used to have an ache. I couldn't do this. I didn't have the want to, to do this. But then I started taking this prescription. And I feel better, and they're happy, and the kids, and grandkids, and everything. You said, I need a suitcase full of that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I want to get a case of that stuff. But then all of a sudden, at the end, they come in with side effects. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? People that take this may suffer from insomnia, their toenails fall out, their ears begin to ring, all of a sudden their eyeballs uh, go bloodshot, and their, their, their eyebrows fall off of their head. I mean, you say, my goodness, I don't want any of that, but you can keep it. Let me ask you, what is the side effect, are there any side effects to praise? God's Word answers it, Proverbs chapter number 10 the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and addeth no sorrow with it there are no side effects to praise you worship God and it dispels the depression it dispels the malaise it dispels the hopelessness it dispels all the demons and the forces and the darkness against you worship God and God says it is a solution to the draining environment I invite you to worship God with me invite you to praise Him. Bring the fir tree. So I'm inviting you today to be a tree hugger, okay? That's what I meant. I'm inviting you to say, yes, the juniper. Yes, the cypress. And yes, the fir tree. I will be a worshiper. Would you stand together with me right now? Yes. We're going to worship. The worship team's coming. Would you join me right now with your voice, your heart, and your hand? Import it. You may not feel like it, but import it. If you want to worship the Lord by coming and standing here in the, in the altar area, you're welcome to do that. Maybe that's your sign of importing praise. Does that represent, I'm going to import it. I'm just going to, God, I'm going to step out. I'm going to, I'm going to take a step I've not taken for a while. I'm going to import praise in my life. Yes. Can I tell you, we are a spirit-filled church. God can fill you with the Holy Spirit in this service. You can have an Acts to experience the power of the Holy Spirit. And you can lose your worship in English and Spanish or whatever language and begin to worship the Lord in an unknown tongue. I tell you, God wants to do something in your life. God wants to do something. He's saying now, not next month, now. God wants to do something. Let's worship Oh God, Bohramasi korafarlamas. Oh God, Oh God, we receive. Yilamorando Romosi. God, yes now, now God, we'll worship you.